0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Lady Bree, I don't know. What the fuck is the intro going to be? I was
2: going to say do your best Judy Dench impression, but she's not even in it. It's <laughs> <is> Julie Andrews. <laughs> and she's not even in it either. She just talks. You know you
1: love me. XOXO. Lady Whistler. <laughs> XOXO. Julie. Yeah, let's just do that. There we go. We have it.
2: You're listening to Bandwagons. <laughs> no, don't, breeze.
1: Why? No,
2: we're not ready. Talking
1: about that people are talking about. do we need to do back. an intro again? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, I've already said welcome back, so you know, <laughs> I've, I've marked my line in the sand. <laughs> There's no going back now. Okay. Um, welcome back to Bandwagons. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you all had a lovely, relaxing and safe... Winter break. And New Year's winter break, yeah. Um, and I hope you're doing okay, despite it all. We will be here with you four days a week. Not four days a week, four. <laughs> what? Four. Four. should have been told about this. Four days in the month. We will be here once a week. Four, whatever. We're here for four episodes a month, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and we're here every will... Tuesday
2: and sometimes at the weekends,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes at the weekends when we have other stuff to talk about. And if you pay us money via Patreon, you get even more delicious content. So that's all. That's my plug on. How and was your winter before... break? Oh, jinx! jinx. Um, my winter break was very nice, very relaxing. I wasn't really technically off work, but I was working from home. Did a lot of walking, a lot of eating. I made some espresso martinis. Nice. Big thank you to our previous SpawnCon for teaching me that. They were very nice. Spent a lot of time with the dog and my sister. It was all extremely pleasant. What about that's you? So
2: nice. Yeah, did a lot of espresso martinis as well. Me and, H- me and Hilda have pretty much drank wine every day since the day I got home. Um, but yeah, it's grand. It's keeping me going. <laughs> Sandy brought me an Apple Watch, so that's kept me like really entertained. Talk to me about that, so you have to hit the three rings, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the fitness stuff. Um, <laughs> what do you use it for? Like text texting, and reading the time. Text <laughs> read the time. <laughs> it's class, so though. It, like it has at the minute, it has a slideshow of like my favorite pictures from my iPhone. So there's me, you and Ash in Amsterdam. But just look now. at them on your iPhone. No, but like every time I go to check the time, it's a different picture from my past. <laughs> Interesting. And, and like, a favorite picture. I love I just, it.
1: I'm an absolute slave to Apple, but the Apple Watch never appealed to me, I'm gonna
2: be honest. So, I no, honestly, I was the same. I never it's something I never would have bought for myself, but Santi surprised me with it and I have not stopped looking at it since it's it's very entertaining. And it's I yeah, you on. can answer calls on it. Yeah, no, I did you
1: could yeah, you can do that on Fitbit as well, I think.
2: I just and like Hello.
1: Oh, and talk yeah. into the watch no, and yeah. all like
2: impossible shit. No no no. Yeah, you can just yeah, answer yeah. them. Um yeah, so I would would recommend if you're looking for a tech buy this year. <laughs> there you go. That's your tech roundup with me, Brie Brown. Technology correspondent, Brie Brown. We're not here to talk
1: about technology. That's Watch really your back, podcast. Jess Kelly. We are here to talk about Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Um, yeah. A lot of talk about this prior to Christmas. Like I feel like Nicola Coughlin has been promoting this for the I was, last two years.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because
1: she has. She was, like, she so has. excited to get dig, this. But, yeah, because I just feel like I've, I've heard... Only like I heard from her. Yeah, I heard about it being cast, and, like, she was really excited. And then, like, heard nothing. And then it was, like, coming up to the end of this year. It was like, it's coming. I was like, all right, okay. And then it came out over Christmas. And I'm going to be honest, I saw it, and I was like, not for me. Absolutely yeah. not for me. Absolutely no, not at all. And then the reviews were good, and I saw other people watching it, obviously, as is the way that happens online. And then... Me, Neov, and Mossy and Bertie watched Soul on Disney Plus. Oh my God, same. So good. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, incredibly like deep though. Yeah, so that I was finished and we were like the kids movie. Yeah, that finished and we were like, oh, well, like we need to stick on something else. So we are like, let's stick on Bridget and everyone's talking about it. And it's, it seems like lighter in comparison. So we stuck it on and absolutely blitzed it. I could not get enough.
2: Was it awkward watching it with your sister?
1: No, and I'll tell you why. Because on Christmas Day, I made my sister and my dad watch Uncut Gems with me. Oh, no. Um, And I, I forgot this because I watched it with Kean at the start of last year when it just kind of after came out. If anyone hasn't watched Uncut Gems, it's like Adam Sandler in a serious movie. And he's like this d- jeweler with a really bad gambling problem. But like, it's a really... They were like, oh, I want to watch a thriller. And I was like, oh, my God, I have, th- I have the exact movie in mind. And it's not really a thriller, but it's kind of a stressful watch. And it's a good movie. So I was like, oh, my God, they love this. So I stuck it on. And at one point, I had to take Bertie out for a walk to piss. And I think there's like a really extensive sex scene in it that I forgot, which Niamh had to sit through with Dad. Aww. And nea was like, I fucking hate you. Why did you put that on? It's Christmas Day. There's no need. And it was so stressful, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it doesn't so, sound like a
2: good Christmas Day family film.
1: But like they were like they wanted something thrilling, and none of them could pick. And we just been watching Harry Potter. Anyway, Uncle Gem's really good, right? But anyway, when we watched Bridgerton, we just kind of kept taking the piss out of it and being like, "Oh my god, I'm really glad we're not watching this with Dad." Um, <laughs> otherwise, I thought it was fine. Now I will say, but I really thought it was going to be hornier. Like it is, it is. It like it is horny, right? But like the entire you could the entire first half is not that horny. Like it's it's horny yeah. all of a sudden
2: you know yeah no there's a uh, there's at least a, a like a detailed sex scene in every episode and no, then in... there is no sorry the first couple
1: there of, is and then... there isn't there's like a, no, there's, a, definitely... there's a wedge at the start where there, like nothing re- I think yeah like the first if... episode they kind of set the scene where it's like yeah there's gonna be bonking in this and it's the 1800s what are you gonna do about it and then the next two episodes <laughs> like nothing really happens because they're trying to get together
2: yeah because a part of me I saw someone on Twitter be like I'm watching episode 6 with my mom, send help and then I was like oh didn't really take much notice of it and then I watched the first episode I was like oh glad I'm watching this alone and then episode 2 and 3 I'm like this is grand I could absolutely watch this with other people and then like I think it was episode 6 I was like I started it in the sitting room and I was like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to skedaddle out of here before I get caught in the hop but like you're gonna have to open up the laptop Uh, yeah (laughs) Um, now it's pretty horny. It's the horniest thing Netflix have put on since in a long time. It's the horniest thing since normal people. Yeah,
1: no, I do. I, I do agree, but I still think it was kind of like it it needs to be every episode. Yeah. For you personally, you need it all. For me, for me personally, I would have liked more horn. More Um. Yeah. 85 out of 100 popcorns. 25 taken away, or no, 15 taken away for uh, the lack of horn. and Taken like away. Anyway, um, for anyone who hasn't watched,
2: do you want to try and explain in your own words what Bridgerton is oh about? Oh, Christ. Um, before that, you were just doing popcorns out of 10 or whatever. Do you know what it, <laughs> do you know what it got on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> What's it got on Rotten Tomatoes? I uh, guess. 76. 92. Oh, that's very good. Very high, yeah. very highly rated by the Rotten Tomatoes uh, It's still voters. very good, but I,
1: but I do think that's fair. I, I did, we'll get into it, but I did not enjoy it. Anyway. And then what, what there's no, like, I
2: I wrote up the chops before I forgot. It just says Daphne made me want a tiny fringe.
1: She <laughs> <laughs> okay. really pulls off the tiny fringe. The anyway. tiny fringe
2: is stunning. Okay. So good. Um, so uh, I just wrote a definition because I'm not good with the words. And we've been out of practice for a couple of weeks. Um, so Bridgerton is a period drama um, uh, created by Chris Van Dusen and produced by Shonda Rhimes. It is based on Julia Quinn's novel set in the competitive world of Regency London's high society town during the season um, when debutantes are presented at court. And it premiered, as you said, on Netflix on Christmas Day. And it's pretty much all anyone's been talking about ever since. Um, so it's inspired by the best-selling novel, and it's all about romance, with sex scenes an important part of the plot. Um, like it's kind of like the bit, like the business of marriage in that time, but
1: it's kind of a bit contemporary because the way they were all describing it was that it was like, oh, it's like Down to Nabby meets Gossip Girl. And yeah. I think,
2: or I saw, like, yeah, yeah. Like
1: yes, but also like it's kind. I don't think that really does it justice either because like it's like it's it's not as contemporary as Gossip World, but it's also not as, I didn't watch a out of Tsunami and while I did watch, I fucking hated it. It was just never, that kind of stuff is not my, my buzz. But like, I really, really enjoyed this. Like it's soapy.
2: And yeah, it's and just it's kind of like, it's what's the word? Like, it's a little bit like, it's a bit like it has dark humor where it, it is kind of poking fun at itself and there's a lot of innuendos and like well-timed things that are kind of like gags without being obvious gags. I'm not really explaining that right. Um, Well, like what? Give me me an example. Like, uh, I don't know, like just innuendo where like someone will say a word and then it'll cut to a scene where someone is having sex. But like the word that was said before out of context is something sexual. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Where it wouldn't have been used in a sexual sense in the original scene. It's just the timing of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, in the show, there's eight close-knit siblings of the Bridgerton family um, who are looking for love and happiness in London. And the drama centers on um, Violet, who is Lady Bridgerton, her four sons, Anthony, Benedict, Colin and Gregory, and her four daughters, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca and Hyacinth. And also featured are the Featheringtons, Portia, who is Lady Featherington, I can't say it her husband, the Baron, and their three daughters, Philippa, Prudence, and Penelope. Um, did you notice that, like, the Bridgerton, like, kids, do you know the way when in the, like, this is absolute massive spoilers if you haven't watched Bridgerton, but in the very end of the last episode <laughs> where they have the baby and he's like, well, we'll have to um, carry on tradition. It's going to have to start with an, with the letter A. When they're talking about naming the baby, and I was like, Yeah, what the when they that said mean?
1: that, I didn't understand that at all.
2: So, are you here to explain that? It must be a, a thing in the book, yeah, because the Bridgerton children are all like Anthony is A, Benedict is B, Colin is C, Daphne is D in order of their age, it's A, B, C, D, E, ah. F, G. Yeah, yeah, but that that did I, just, I couldn't, like, that no, wasn't never made explained clear at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I have to go. Um. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I did, I I enjoyed it a lot, right? But I'm wondering if you felt the same way, right? Like, I kind of blitzed through it and then the last episode came and, like, there's definitely going to be a season two and we're going to get into, like, the differences between the book and all. I haven't read the book. um, But did you find, like, I'm going to assume, and I, I have an article up here as well about what they're going to do for season two, but, like, did you kind of find it all ended, all kind of tied up fairly, yeah. Nicely. And a part of me was a bit like, I'm a bit, in. in before I get into this article, I think they're obviously going to focus on like another family.
2: I would say Eloise is into it like yeah, big time. Or
1: like her and like the Duke and Daphne aren't going to be as much of a thing. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. I knew it was. I knew you was- know, after all that
2: hardship, I was like, re- like really? Okay. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I knew it was based on a series of books. So then as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that must be where book one ended. Like, I kind of thought the whole thing maybe co- could have been covered over like two or three books. Mm-hmm. And then realised like it is literally all just based on the first book. But you know, like when, uh, again, massive spoilers here, but when they get married, I was like, well, that's surely the end of book one. And then book two is going to be all about them, like fighting about having a baby, you know? Yeah. And then... Um... Um, it all moved very fast. Even from the start, like, they were... Sure, the wedding came in, like, episode three or four, didn't it? Three?
1: Four? Yeah. When it, when did they start massively riding? Five? Six.
2: Must have been four or five then, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, as you said, it centers on, like, Daphne and her, she's like the eldest girl in the Bridgertons and she really wants to be married and really wants to be like, she's like, what is the word? She's like, uh, so they're presented to the queen and the queen picks the incomparable of the season, which basically means like you're the best looking gal who's still single. Yeah. And uh, then all the men like spoon after you or whatever, but her brother was too like overprotective. So like kind of scared away all the, the men that were after her. And so she kind of found herself like, a bit stuck and then... She was having a banger because this
1: absolute minging lad was after her. Yeah. She wasn't interested. And but um, she had her, a brother's, her brother's friend, who was a Duke, the Duke of Hastings, um, copped them at like a ball. She He followed her out to the garden or something and your one was like, Daphne was like, would you ever piss off? And dug him in the face. The creepy guy. The creepy guy, yeah. yeah. And then the Duke was like here... I'm having a banger because the women literally cannot get enough of me and I need them to leave me alone. You're He's having like, a banger. I never want to get married. Yeah. I want
2: people to like, yeah, stop offering themselves to me.
1: Yeah. Um, you're having a banger because you really want to get married, but you're not seen as desirable anymore for whatever reason. But if you're seen with me, you will be seen as desirable. So let's do an old switcheroo, uh, parent trap, fake. Classic princess thing. switch. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and let's pretend we're together. Um, until you have like a reasonable partner, and until people have kind of left me alone. But sure, of course, they fell in love. Yeah, awkward. That was always to so again. Oh, it was gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Well, like they were kind of like good friends, and then fell in love. But it was really awkward because the Duke was Duke's major daddy issues. Is like I'm not carrying on my line. Uh, my lineage. I'm not having children. Or he has said that he can't have children. But the whole thing is that he did want to have children because he absolutely hates his dad. he's he, he, a dickhead.
2: Yeah, and he swore on his like to his dad on on his deathbed that he would never have a child and never carry on the family name, which was like all his dad cared about. Um, and he, like his dad only ever wanted a son, and then he got him and wasn't happy with him. So he was like, "Fuck you! This is gonna die with me." And yeah. that's that's how I get you back. Um, so that's kind of a bone of contention
1: between them as their like, relationship progresses because then Daphne meets the prince and they're potentially going to get together and then the duke takes her in the garden and shifts her and the brother sees and other people see
2: and he, the brother's like well you need to get married now yeah because you can't be do that you couldn't do that back then no, you can not just have have a sneaky shift in the garden you couldn't no. even be alone with a man in the garden or people no. would think you were a slag because of the implication the
1: <laughs> um and sorry again while all this is happening so like the feathering twins are also trying to marry off their daughters but because like there's a lot of scandal and whatever with Daphne going around shifting people and digging people in the head and whatever, there's basically this woman who's who is secret, nobody knows her identity. Basically, gossip girl. Basically, gossip girl. Yeah, but it's like lady with time. Then. So so it's like a kind of newspaper, like a newsletter that comes out every day about talking about the scandal and alluding to stuff and like kind of breaking news and stuff like that. So this is all happening as well. Like they're trying to deal with. Like gossip and rumors and whatever, and trying to downplay them by doing other things, and that's why they got married so quickly. And yeah, yeah, it's... and
2: trying to hide things from Lady Whistledown because she can only write about what she sees. So they do all things behind closed doors.
1: Who is your favorite and least favorite character?
2: Um, I absolutely like. I I would go as far as to say that Anthony Bridgerton is the best awkward man I've ever seen in my whole life. J- played by
1: Jonathan Bailey. He the is. The Viscount? You mean the, the the eldest guy?
2: Lord Bridgerton.
1: He's absolutely... He's divine. He's outrageous. Um, I hate to tell you though, good
2: news. Is he gay man? He's gay. I knew he's a very, he's like big in the musical scene in London. So I have my suspicions, but I love that for him. I'm, like, I'm happy for I him. If I can't have him, the gays might as well have him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and But like my favorite character, I love Eloise. I just think she's gas. Do you know when she walks into the room and she's like, how do I come to be pregnant? Or she just walks straight in. And she's like, What's the crack with people like getting pregnant and how do I avoid it? Like, because they just don't know anything. She's just so blunt and so funny and such a little feminist back in the 1800s. I did enjoy her.
1: Um, I thought um, you're one who plays the, the Featherington's mom, the mom Featherington. Yeah. Really well cast as like an evil bitch. I kind of hated your one. Mar Marian Mariana, the one that came oh, to save yeah, yeah, yeah. Featheringtons, she kind of with me. Not gonna lie, um, yeah, she
2: didn't. She didn't really have much going for her. Like they didn't really sell her to me. Do you know?
1: Yeah, I re I did enjoy all of the Bridgerton Marina family. Marina, yeah, I enjoyed all of the British and family. Um, I'd like to see more of Colin. I thought the other one was going to so be I. gay. I wasn't really sure yeah, what they were same. doing with his character as well. It felt like they were doing this whole thing where it's like. And then, it, and then it was just like, like, oh no, it's just a slag. Where and he's he like painted. introduced to
2: a world who like where it's accepted, and he finds himself a bit like, but no, yeah. Um, and I actually, do you know, who I hated was that um, Mrs. Delacroix with that fake French accent. She is great in Two Points Lager and a Pack of Crisps. So, like, okay,
1: iconic. Um, hated that opera singer gal as well. My yeah. God, Serena, what a Serena, Serena, you knew what you were getting into. You know, like. Take a royal cock and run. I don't know. In it, I can't remember. Serena. Is it Serena? No, you are thinking of Gossip Girl, I think.
2: (laughs) Sienna. 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 Uh Uh-huh. I thought you were going to Um, say Sierra. So this leads me into my favorite segment, um, which I might make a regular feature, and it's um, where do I know them from? (laughs) Okay. So I have all the cast, and like you've covered some of them already, and why you might think they look familiar. Okay. Very briefly. Could. So Daphne Bridgerton is played by Phoebe Din Dinever? Din- Do you know how to say that? Not. Uh, <laughs> let's say let's say <laughs> And she hasn't been in well no, she has she's been in a bit, but I don't think you'd recognise her. The fact that she looks so familiar is because she is the daughter of um Sally Webster from Coronation Street. So. Kevin! It's not a good impression. It was uh, right impression. It's been a long time. Ago. <laughs> So if right, you think she looks familiar, factory. it's because she has Sally's big moany head on her. <laughs> that's so mean. She, she does, does. She, she does. does. She's like, the moany, the little pretty moany head. Like pretty uh, moany head. Um, myself. Simon Bassett, um, who was played, by, they all have such difficult names. Reggae. No, he doesn't. Reggae Jean Page. Yeah. Um. How do you know him? He was in Waterloo Road. And he was also in Fresh Meat. He played Dean. And oh yeah, God, I love Fresh Meat. So he much. was in Roots and For the People. And um, people, a lot of people online are saying he's the head of your man from Geordie Shore. N- Nathan, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's Jesus. That's harsh. like yeah. Um, and of course, our very own Nicola Coughlin plays Penelope Featherington. Um, you will know her as Claire, the wee lesbian in Dairy Girls. Um, the voice of Lady Whistletown as you said Julie Andrews who you will know of course from The Princess Diaries um, Her Des- most iconic roles. Despicable no, she wasn't. Me <laughs> she and <wasn't>. Shrek <laughs> Why was she in Despicable Me? <laughs> she played Gru's mum <laughs> Are you sure Julie Andrews was in Shrek? She voiced loads of things before a lady Whistle down including Gru's mum in Despicable Me, the Queen Fiona's mum in Shrek and also narrated Enchanted. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. She's of course um, in The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, blah, blah, blah. Um, what Anthony, movie is Enchanted? Uh, the one with Anne Hathaway. Ella Enchanted. Oh, that's, that's Ella Enchanted. Enchanted is the one with... Amy Adams. No, that's... Oh, it is. Sorry. Amy Sorry, Adams and your man, the really good looking
1: lad. What's his name? James Meyrston and Meyerson. McDreamy. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey. Me. Yeah. Uh, maybe a second one of that. you see that?
2: Yeah. I think we talked
1: about this. Actually, I'm excited. for. They're
2: it. all going to be so middle-aged.
1: <laughs> very old. Very,
2: very old. Um, Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony Bridgerton, um, has played Ollie in Broadchurch, um, and Sam in Phoebe Waterbridge is crashing. He's um, Ash
1: as well in um, Pokemon. No, <laughs> um, chewing gum. Oh, is he? I remember when she's giving out flyers for the church and that guy comes up and she's like, um, "Drop on my phone. Drop on my phone. You got a job. You got it no. along. You know that. I'll send you the clip after." But is he just he's like? Not- does he speak in it? Yeah. He's not in it for that long. He's in it for like an I think it's just an episode. He's in. Did they write? Um, I can't re- I can't remember like what happens after. No, I can't remember a... if he's like the like the racist guy or if he's a uh, that really posh guy that they go to that like jazz club or that comedy club together, and he's like oh, a yeah. really really posh.
2: Ash and chewing gum.
1: Um. What was crashing? I think I watched a small bit of, and if I remember correctly, I did enjoy, and it's something I want to come back to.
2: Phoebe Ollier it has to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's be um, at least okay.
2: Where was I? Hang on. Uh, Eloise Bridgerton. She it was played by Claudia Jesse. She seems so familiar to me, but I cannot find what from. I've made. I feel like maybe she's. Very just very similar to another actress that I can't put my To be on. yeah, to
1: be honest, I think it's just that kind of character as well, though. You know that thing her
2: voice, like- her voice like really rings a lot of bells. Um so she's uh she's been in Vanity Fair, she's been in line of duty, and she was also in Lovesick.
1: Um why does Love Sick ring a huge bell for it's me? It's
2: Netflix, isn't it? Yes. It's good um lady danbury is played by ajoa ando and she so she plays like simon's mother figure um she was in doctor who casualty eastenders and um like some CBV stuff basically every single one of them have been in either casualty doctors or the bill or doctor who like are nearly, you gonna ch- are you going to say are going to ch- oh sorry oh yeah 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 she's next Okay. Um, uh, Lady Violet Bridgerton is played by Ruth Gemmell. And you might know her as Tracy Beaker's mum, which proves that Tracy Beaker was telling the truth the whole time. That her she mom, wasn't lying. She wasn't lying. Her mum's a TV actress. Famous actress. There you go. Um, Suck she's on that, Justine. Fever Pitch, Utopia and Silent Witness.
1: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have watched any of them. So good for her though. The
2: Queen, uh, Queen Charlotte, is played by Golda Rosheuvel, and she was also in Torchwood, Luther, and Lady Macbeth. Um, and then there was a uh, Lady Portia Featherington. Do you know one of the sisters who doesn't really have much of a part? Um, but she's been in loads. She's been in like uh, Line of Duty, Clash of the Titans, Prisoners' Wives. Like she seems to have been like more well known than a lot of them.
1: Around the circuit. Mm-hmm. Fair play to Shonda Rhimes for giving all the Brits work. That's it. Ellen Pompeo oh. is enough. Talk to Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Oh, yeah. I'll have a good bit on Shonda. She, she is basically the brains behind. And another reason why this was so hyped. She's the brains behind Grey's Anatomy, the firefighter one, private practice.
2: What the fuck is the firefighter one called? Oh, the one with Station Lady Aga Something. X. No, Station 19. Is her, is he in that or was he in... No, the I was thinking of Chicago Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Shonda Rhimes, um, she's an American television producer, screenwriter, author. She's best known as the showrunner, creator, head writer and executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, as you said. And it's spin-off, Private Practice, as well as the political thriller Scandal. Um,
1: oh yeah, sorry, I forgot she did Scandal as well.
2: Yeah, and she also served as the executive producer on ABC, a lot of the ABC series, including Off the Map, How to Get Away with Murder and The Catch, and as you said, Station 19. Um, Why did I remember Station 19 out of all of them? I've never watched it. I've never heard of Station 19. Of
1: show. It's just because I was like, oh yeah, like, it's Grey's Anatomy, but, it's not, but without the
2: doctor. It's like, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so basically, the reason this is such a big thing is because Shonda... Uh, signed a deal with Netflix so that she's like tied into only, um, I don't know, produce Netflix shows for the next couple of years. Uh, and this is basically one of the first ones to come out of it. So on August 14th, 2017, Netflix announced that it had entered into an exclusive multi-year development deal with Rhymes under which all of her future productions will be Netflix original series. And the service had already purchased the US streaming rights to past episodes of Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. Uh, I think that only applies to America, though, because I'm pretty sure Grey's Anatomy is not on it over here. Yeah, we do not have it. I think it's on Prime. Um, So the chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, described Rhymes as being a true Netflixer at heart since she loves TV and films. She cares passionately about her work and she delivers for her audience. And of the deal, Shonda said that uh, they understood what she was looking for, they understood what I was looking for, the opportunity to build a vibrant new storytelling home for writers with the unique creative freedom and instantaneous global reach provided by Netflix's singular sense of innovation. The future of Land at Netflix has limited possibilities. Um, and it was a big deal because they basically stole her from ABC, which she had done great things with. And... Um, and I think it was uh, considered a counter offer towards Disney's effort to, um, like it was owned by ABC to like take a load of their content back for like Disney Disney Plus. Yeah, because that's the thing. Disney Plus are doing their own. Well, it's not their own
1: thing. As you said, it's like a, an ABC or counter effort. kind of thing. Yeah, because they're, we're going to see a lot of like... It's basically going to be a new. I'm going to explain this really badly, but basically, Disney Plus are getting like a new square within Disney Plus, where it's like more not adult content in the sense of adult content, but it's not ABC like kids stuff. content. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I'm pretty sure they're getting desperate. They're getting desperate housewives. They have no, no. Prime. Um, is Prime herself. is a desperate housewives of the minute, but I don't know if it's moving or I doubt they're both going to have them. Not really sure what the crack is there. Um, Connor Bean was posting about it a lot on the story today, and he explained it to me. And um, it's where the Kardashians are going. A lot of the Hulu stuff is moving, like, because we, we can't get a lot of the Hulu stuff. So a lot yeah. of them will be available there. Not like Handmaid's Tale and stuff for some reason, because I think they have other deals somewhere. But yeah, it is considered a bit of a coup. Like um, how much money do Netflix have? You know what I mean? When you consider that kind of a deal, like Shonda, is a t- they, shrewd enough businesswoman that, like, she I'd say she got paid a pretty penny. And then, yeah. even on a Bridgerton scale, like, imagine how much Julie Andrews got to just sit in her hole and do a few lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she is iconic.
2: Two iconic yeah. women. As of last October, um, Shonda Rhimes was working on more than 12 projects for Netflix, and that was including Bridgerton. That's a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, like a day off. I hope like I
1: Christmas. do. Now I will say because, like, I'm like I do, uh, Grey's Anatomy is one of those shows where I'm like I want to go back and watch from the start. But again, I have it. We're nowhere near finished. ER, so a time and a place. Um, and like Scandal is kind of on my list as well because people just say it's really good. But it's just like I feel like you're either really into Shonda and Shonda's stuff or you're not. I tried yeah. how to get away with murder and I just didn't care.
2: Yeah. And like it's slow, isn't it?
0: I'm
1: just like a part of it's like how much can you do but then at the same time I did really enjoy Bridgerton and I didn't expect to enjoy Bridgerton so I'm wondering if you're going to keep it as like kind of varied as that then I'm all for it yeah if it's going to be these kind of like different stories then maybe you'll retain my interest but I don't know interest to see what she does
2: do you watch um, Grey's Anatomy?
1: Like on and off, but not consistently. Like I know like I'm up to date what's happening, pretty much. Um, but not not consistently from the start. I think my sister watched it for a spell and I used to watch it with her and then I dropped off because I was like, she moved out and then I just didn't really have an excuse to watch it. Yeah. Um Alison, my friend Alison is obsessed. Like I say, any Grey's Anatomy, like memes or content, like it's straight to her. Even if I don't get it, I'm like, there you go. Yeah, this is the free. girls
2: all watch it in Dublin, especially Katie, and she will like come come down the stairs sometimes just bawling crying, like it should be just like, "Oh, it's just a rough day of Grey's Anatomy."
1: Yeah, I was like, I was talking about it recently with someone because I about like the difference between ER and Grey's Anatomy and what like because I was raging about the fact that because it's like the one of the lo- longest running series, longest running medical series on TV now, isn't it? Because it,
2: yeah, because Sunny's ER. Sunny is the longest running series, isn't it?
1: Yeah, sorry, it's not overall series, but like longest running, medical fictional series. There's a better phrase than that, but I know because,
2: have ER... they checked casualty and doctors? No, <laughs> oh, t- <laughs> yeah, right. I believe, you. I believe.
1: Maybe in the US, anyway, it doesn't matter, but they, surpa- they went, they surpassed ER, because as we all know, ER is like 15 fucking seasons, and I am still on four. Um, And I remember the whole thing. I I was one of the girls said that it was like, it's more about like the people and it's less about the medicine. Whereas ER is more, at the start anyway, at least there's way more because it's based in the ER department, obviously. There's trallies coming all over the gaff. Like, whereas like Grey's Anatomy is Ellen Pompeo having a cry and then people shagging in closets a lot. And, (laughs) you know, it's more kind of that. And it definitely is more, more, like it's, everyone seems to be a fucking nervous wreck like there's there's like specific arcs at every moment where I see where it's like oh no you are going to be completely emotionally devastated like emotionally devastated and I mean you have to praise in that sense it's not going to be for everyone but at the same time it's just you have to praise her for keeping that fan base in it
2: yeah for so long for so
1: long for so long you know listen
2: don't say we never did a Grey's Anatomy episode because here it is
1: oh here it is yeah yeah
2: (laughs) Oh, we are going to have to do one of them at some stage, aren't we? Whenever we're, oh, no, if we're going to have to, we're going to have to catch up and we'll we,
1: we'll just get someone on. Will, will Katie come on and do it? Probably
2: we'll not. get Yeah, or Ellen Pompeo. Ellen Pompeo's not going to come on and do it. <laughs> Listen, I actually DM'd Nicola Coughlin during the week to try and get her on this. And like, as if she's even going to see that, like. Did she open the message? Just know that I tried, guys. Did she open the message or did she pull up all my skill and just not acknowledge it? I her? don't know. It was off bandwagons. I don't know. If, how do you know if they open the message? It doesn't matter. I'll check later. Let's assume yeah. for the benefit of Nicola Coughlin. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, same. If she could have come on, she would have come on. But she's yeah, very busy. She's
1: just really, she's really, really busy. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the differences between the book and the series?
2: Yes, please. Um,
1: Neither so of us have read the book. So this is kind yeah. of
2: different to the way we did it with normal people. because I had read the book, yeah. Taking but I couldn't, yeah. For
1: it. Yeah. Um, so... As you mentioned, the show is adapted from the best-selling romance novel called uh, The que- The Duke and I. Well, it's a series, but this series is based on the first one, which is called The Duke and I. Um, and in it, unfortunately, um, not all the siblings get a happy ending. Who dies? Oh, I don't know if anyone dies. Hang on, let's find out. Or well, is it's... that just like a sexual thing? <laughs> I don't think so. Um. So one of the things is, that's different is um, how Daphne and Simon met. So while the pair were inadvertently brought together by the unfortunate Nigel Burbrook in both the book and the show, the events of their first meeting slightly differed from one another. In episode one's Diamond of the First Water, Daphne accidentally bumps into Simon after attempting to escape. Burbrook's advances while they're in the garden, as we mentioned earlier. But in the book, Simon is hiding and eavesdropping on Daphne. She rejects Burbrook. He comes to her aid after Daphne punches Burbrook when he becomes a bit too aggressive. And um, this event happened later on in episode two. So kind of timeline differences there slightly. Yeah. Um, in the books, the Duke didn't box. So there you go. And um, the whole Simon boxes to get his aggression out while showing off his glistening abs. I did not write this article. It's from Oprah Magazine. Um, it's an appreciated addition to the series, but it isn't in the book. And... Um, But apparently, because of the era of Regency England, it's like peak British boxing and bare knuckle boxing. So it was a possibility, like he could have. But the could have, but we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Apparently, peak bare knuckle boxing. Actually, not apparently, because it is in the book. But um, Anthony, so the viscount, Daphne's brother, knew about Daphne and Simon's like pretend relationship. In the books, Anthony isn't nearly as protective of his younger sister as in the series, acting as her partner and keeping undesirable men at bay rather than a boorish and overbearing protector. That is, until he's informed of his best friend and Daphne's new arrangement. Unlike in the show, Daphne and Simon tell Anthony that their courtship is fake. Anthony agrees to the arrangement on three conditions. One, that it stays a secret. Two, Simon and Daphne can't be alone together. Three, in quotations, If I ever catch you kissing her bloody hand without a chaperone, I shall tear your head off. Um, and then what follows in the series very much aligns with the book because I mean, like Anthony found him breaking rule number three. He wasn't kissing her hand; he was kissing her face. And then he was like, "Let's, let's have a fight." Um, one controversial sex scene was slightly different in the Duke and I. This is a oh, yeah. nice segue to a conversation that we should have and is important. So following Daphne's realisation that Simon practised the withdrawal method to prevent pregnancy. Sorry, that's so funny, the withdrawal method. Anyway, so what yeah, like, so the whole it? thing is pulling out, like <laughs> pull out method. Um, so as we mentioned, the whole thing was is that he obviously he doesn't want to carry on the line. So he tells Daphne, because Daphne is a very basic, under, like actually not even basic, has no understanding of like reproduction and sex and everything.
2: They know they're told nothing and they're yeah, sent abso- off into married nothing. Life.
1: He ends up like explaining masturbation to her pretty much, and then only when they're married, she kind of cops that something's not right with the way like they're writing and stuff, and she basically is like, actually, I have no idea how children happen, so she asks her pan or whatever, and she explains that it's through ejaculation, and um, so then she realizes that he can actually have children.
0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: He just doesn't want to, and that's why he's like rolling an offer every time he goes to comb or whatever. I can't believe this is. Oh, what I'm, I'm yeah. saying on the podcast, but anyway. So, anyway. Um, Following Daphne's realisation that Simon practised the withdrawal method to prevent pregnancy and misled her about why he couldn't have children. In both the book and the series, a scorned Daphne has sex with him afterwards, but ensures he can't pull out. In The Duke and I, Simon is drunk and asleep during the scene, which is a hundred times worse. Um, Following a fight with Daphne, he goes to a bar and turns inebriated. Passages from the novels, chapter 18 read... He was in her control, she realised. He was asleep and probably still more more than a little bit drunk. She could do whatever she wanted with him. She could have whatever she wanted. Daphne had aroused him in sleep, taken advantage of him while he was slightly intoxicated, and held him to her while he poured his seed into her. Jesus Christ, his eyes widened and fixed on her. You should be
2: paying extra for this kind of content.
1: They really should. How could you? He whispered. She wasn't ashamed of her actions. She supposed she should be, but she wasn't. She hadn't planned it. She hadn't looked at him and thought, He's probably still drunk. I can make love to him and capture his seed and he'll never know. It hadn't happened that way. Um, And then as we know, again, spoilers, Simon goes on to forgive Daphne and whatever. But I mean, this was a conversation that has happened on social media and we had it ourselves and I had it with other friends. Like, trigger warning again, we are going to talk about sexual assault. The scene is rape. Like it's not, there's no... It's essentially rape, but it's, it's kind of rape. It's rape because it's not entirely dissimilar to like the practice of stealthing or whatever in the in the show. If you've watched, obviously, um, they're just really horny, riding again. She seduces him because she's learned at this point, and she's really angry. They're having sex. She rolls on top of him and will not let him pull out, basically. And then he cops and he's like, "Why did you do that?" Obviously, that's really bad. And she's like, "Well, you lied to me." It's like it's a mess. Like it's not, and I feel like if the roles were reversed, there would be kind of more chat about it. Or I don't know if it's just because of the nature of the series or whatever. It's
2: yeah, it's not right anyway. It's really,
1: really not right.
2: Yeah, like the the argument is that like maybe he just like he lost willpower on his own account, and like she took the opportunity. This is this is not my opinion. This is what people are saying. And I, she took the opportunity to like empower herself. In like a society that puts women at a sexual disadvantage. Does it make it okay? No. But they're yeah. No, and
1: like, obviously, yeah, I will go back and say like that he had, he had actively deceived her. Yeah. But I mean, it's not the way to go about it, you know what I mean? They were both but, bad
2: people in this situation.
1: And, and to be honest, I think that's why I found the whole resolution of the series a bit like shrug as well, you know, like it was just how and I know it's supposed to be like love conquers all and whatever like grand but I mean they're two pretty grave portrayals on both sides yeah. they're a bit toxic when you if you're to sit down and think about it they're a bit toxic yeah well, I'm gonna say them. they're a bit toxic <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many lick outs on the stairs you can get like they're Stop. a bit toxic <laughs> Like that was, what was going on there? Like she could not have actually really been enjoying that because the step was going into her back. That's all I can think about. <laughs> all I can think, think about was that is probably really cold. We're, no, we're not really breaking down storm. whether she enjoyed it or not. We're not going that far into it. Let us know in the comments. And I like refuse to break down the sex Anyway, we, will, we did talk about that. Not great. Um, and anyway, have a conversation about consent, please, people. Um Back to other differences so Marina Thompson we mentioned earlier her fate is vastly different in the books so um, book in the books Marina is only briefly mentioned in the fifth novel which is called To Sir Philip With Love and her story is actually quite tragic we learn in the prologue that she is the late first wife of Eloise's love interest Philip Crane though she was supposed to marry Philip's older brother who died in war does it explain who else Philip is? no it doesn't actually okay Grant it'll, it'll make sense if you read the book she was supposed to marry Philip's older brother who died in war. Sorry, this is literally the people who come back from war. Sorry, yeah. I actually completely blanks there. The um, Yeah, but I, I got confused there when they said about Eloise's love interest. Having suffered from depression her entire life, Marina tried to um, die by suicide by walking into a lake in the middle of winter. Philip was able to save her, but soon she succumbed to a fever as a result of her attempt, dying and leaving behind her and Philip's two children. Eloise first contacts Philip through a letter to send her condolences, as Marina was a distant cousin of the Bridgertons. Uh, the show's Marina might as well be a completely different character, she's a cousin of the Featheringtons instead, has a brand new storyline, as we know. She comes pregnant by a man she identifies as the oldest Crane brother, um, which, of course, big no-no for women in the 19th century. A um, series of unfortunate events follows. She is pregnant, hides pregnancy, attempts to end the pregnancy with this herbal tea thing, tries to trick Colin Bridgerton in inspiring her to save her honour and then agrees to marry the dead brother's younger brother. Again, that's another absolute mess, to be honest. It um, explains
2: why her character is so like kind of boring. Not like obviously that doesn't sound boring, but like she, there's not much to her in this se- in the television series and that explains it it's because she's she was not a character in the bu- in the first book. Like it was all yeah. it's made up after the fact. Yeah. So that makes sense to me.
1: Um so I wonder how how if are they gonna address that at all in later series. But anyway, um we mentioned Sienna, you were right, Sienna Russo is the opera singer. Um she is a new character and actually doesn't exist in the book. So Anthony basically has his own book in the series called The Viscount Who Loved Me, and in it there is a mention of a string of widows and actresses. That's an the next season, isn't it? Is it? It's book two, yeah.
2: I'm really um, sure
1: that's the second book. Uh, who knew what they wanted and what they were getting into that uh, acted as his mistresses during his years as a rake. There is no character in the novels by the name of Sienna Russo. However, The Viscount Who Loved Me does introduce us to a woman named Maria Russo who's a popular soprano that performs at one of Violet's parties. She's also his former lover, but she only appears on a few pages, mainly existing to spark jealousy in Anthony's future wife, Kate. But it seems the minds behind Bridget into Maria and got a bit creative resulting in the on again, off again romance between the opera singer. And Anthony, um, Queen Charlotte doesn't exist in the book. Yeah. Um, But she was a real person who ruled England and Ireland alongside her husband, King George III from 1761 to 1818 until her death at age 74. Um, Prince Frederick doesn't exist in the book. Lord Featherington doesn't
2: exist in the book. God you'd be a bit fuming wouldn't you if you were like if you are mad into the book because this is like a massive there, there are massive differences. Yeah. Uh, the dressmaker Genevieve
1: Delacroix we mentioned she um, is a new addition to the series as well. Who is in the book? The Like the Bridgertons and the Featheringtons by the dad. Okay. And like the Duke of Hastings.
2: Yeah. Um, that really narrows down the search for Lady Whistle then like if you're only looking at those like seven people
1: yeah okay so if you are interested in watching ahead and not having any spoilers for future series or about the endings for the Bridgerton siblings maybe hit pause here now because I'm going to get into it um, hit skip
2: if you hit pause you're just going to jump back, back right back in here
1: Yeah. actually don't pause sorry that makes no sense um, so Van Dusen spoke to Oprah magazine um, and these are the potential endings that we might see play out in the show. Oh, no, sorry. Is this actually just what happened? Um, no, sorry. So obviously, as we see, uh, Daphne gives birth to their first or her first child with Simon. But they end up having five kids, three daughters, Amelia, Belinda and Caroline and two sons, David and Edward.
2: He has, so they that's... have a son in the show, don't they? Yeah, actually, that is
1: different. Because this, Because uh, this lines up with your alphabet theory as well because it's amelia belinda caroline david edward so that doesn't make any fucking sense
2: yeah i love the idea that there's someone well. called dave going around in the 1800s <laughs> dave oh, all dave.
1: Dave. right <laughs> dave i do declare um i i really thought as well before i get into the other endings i really thought it was going to be a thing where they were going to make them have a girl then yeah and then it was going to be like oh all that all that straight for nothing you know but anyway. yeah
2: and everyone would have been happy
1: Um, So Anthony and the opera singer finished up. Um, He ends up marrying Kate Sheffield, as we mentioned earlier, as a result of a precarious situation. He had initially hoped he'd marry her younger sister, half-sister Edwina, and then they end up having four children. None of this uh, matters. But as you said, there's a lot of people believing that season two is going to be dedicated to this romance, with any luck, if I can look at Jonathan Bailey for a long time. It's love at first sight when Benedict meets masked Sophia Beckett at his mother's ball but Sophia who's been reduced to a lady's maid by her stepmother must keep her identity a secret. It isn't until two years later that they meet again under vastly different circumstances. This That's is the last Cinderella. Who's gay. That is Cinderella. Um, literally yeah. Benedict eventually becomes a famous artist, artist whose work hangs at the National Gallery and they have four children. Um, They don't go by the alphabet though. Not that nobody cares about the Who? children's names but the, the, rest the, uh, the... Yeah. Yeah. They're called Charles, Alexander, William
2: and Violet. Colin... Well, no, I quit. No. X. No, never mind. <laughs> I thought Christ. it was like two from the top, two from the bottom. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Countdown. It doesn't count down yet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Colin, so, he, so he in the first series, like Penelope Featherington is obsessed with Colin um, and then he almost ends up getting with Marina and then he goes away travelling. Um, but... If you were kind of shipping Penelope and Colin, they do end up together. Um, after 11 years as a single woman, at 28 years old, Penelope is considered a spinster. 11 years as single I know, literally. Yeah, they get married and become writers. Good for them. Uh, Eloise, she's a spinster at the age of 28. However, she's willingly single. She's rejected a number of proposals. But after exchanging letters with the widow, Sir Philip Crane, for a year, he proposes marriage. She accepts and runs away to his estate in Gloucester, sir, Gloucester, Gloucester, whatever. Um, They have children. Who
2: is Francesca again? Francesca is the the sister that came back at the end, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. She marries Frankie, a rake
1: who I don't know who really cares about that, a rake yeah, that's the term for a single man, isn't it? That's what they say in us.
2: Oh, I have no idea. Didn't you think Gregory, Hyacinth look like... Gregory and have...
1: Hyacinth, they go into Gregory and Hyacinth, but I don't think it really matters. Um, who cares about them? Do, not really. I'm looking at another photo of her now, but I don't know if I agree. But I,
2: I thought Hyacinth was the head of Quiva, but I think it's just because they're like similar ages. Could be, yeah. Uh, um, can I talk to you about the diverse casting? Yes. Yeah, we can because um, I'm sure I don't know if like I'm sure race isn't ever addressed in the book. So maybe this is another big difference. Um, but I don't know because I've never read them. So as with Thorne and his dark materials, Bridgerton creator and executive producer Van Dusen explains that his Netflix series took a color conscious approach to casting, which I think um a lot of people know is that it's like one of the first things you notice compared to Downton Abbey or any of those like Pride and Prejudice. Um think from a similar time, Mira. Yeah um, he said, I think colourblind implies that colour and race aren't considered. And I don't think that's true for Bridgerton. Colour and race are a bit are a part of the show. And as much as as much of a part of the conversation as things like class and gender and sexuality are. Um, so it's like it's it's there. It's never really, it's not an issue. Race isn't really an issue in the storyline. Um Yeah, it's not a thing where it's like Oh yes, like it's all like they're. Like it's never of, brought up that she can't get with him because he's black, or she he can't be with yeah, her. Yeah, or she's like white. they're all
1: they're all relegated to like lower class.
2: You know what I mean, like lower yeah. class
1: characters. The one thing I will say is right, and I think I think it's easy for us to sit here and be like, God, like it's so diverse, whatever. And I suppose it is in comparison to the majority of stuff, and for a a series of this genre. But what I will say is. I saw people making the point as well that like there's a thing that even if they don't realize they're doing it, they're doing it by making all the actors of color like these kind of deceptive characters. I don't know if you notice that, but even if you look at like Marina, like and her whole storyline, the Duke of Hastings, that kind of thing, that was a point as well where it was like, can they not just be happy? Normal people, but then again, I suppose. you But could then, argue no one that, like, in this
2: is a happy normal person. Like they're all so deceptive yeah. characters.
1: I was just about to say when you can say, as I was saying it, when you think about like, I mean, the viscount's storyline is this—it's constant lies, you know. Yeah, but um, I do, I do think it is kind important. of a fair enough point, though. I feel like there's always kind of they have to have this. Like, if you look at the duke, things there always has to be some kind of dark backstory as to why they're so they're kind of like a bad boy or why they kind of hold themselves back and like there doesn't really. That doesn't need to be... That came queen, from the book, though, you know? before
2: any race was associated with... That is fair. Yeah, yeah that is a fair point. Any character. Yeah. Um, the one possible fact in, all, in this whole series is that the idea that Queen Charlotte was England's first queen of mixed race. And it's something that a lot of historians firmly believe that there's evidence for today. And... Um, Van Dusen said the idea really uh, struck me and resonated with me because it made me wonder what could that world have looked like? Could this queen have used her power to elevate other people of colour in society and given them things like titles and lands and dukedoms and that's how our particular Duke of Hastings came to be. Um, but I did as well as that. I saw stuff online that said most of the speaking roles are still of actors, of white, like with white actors or lighter-skinned black actors. And um, so yeah, people still aren't 100% happy. I think
1: I, I there's always going to be ways to go with stuff like this. Like we're very, we're so far off perfection and we'll never get perfection, but we're so far off what I think will be kind of like a job well done and for people yeah. to have very limited gripes. I do, do I think this is still... I think this is really a good, good step in some, the right direction. Yeah, and absolutely something to be acknowledged. But I think that's from two white people speaking... Yeah. As this, like I, and I think all of the other criticisms are valid. And I think, in the same way that we engage with any other kind of cultural thing that we've engaged with before, like, like we've talked about it with loads of subjects before where it's like, you can still enjoy it, but you can also still recognize, like, listen, not great stuff to be improved here, maybe an oversight here, but yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something that's gone completely in my head. Sorry, as you're speaking about the Queen, this is totally unrelated to the conversation about race. What was the crack with the story with the Queen, the storyline with the, the Queen and her husband and him having dementia? Like,
2: that's kind of... Very kind of, yeah, thrown in, wasn't it? It's thrown in and, like... It kind of... I suppose it just explains where she's coming from a bit. Without yeah, making and I it think her show. With that to think, and I think it's like a plot device to kind of
1: back up because whatever episode they're on about, about love or, like, sacrifices you make or whatever, that Lady Whistledown writes that letter about and that's kind of explicitly it's not explicitly mentioned obviously because she's the queen or whatever but it's like it's mentioned and it's that it cuts to that scene where he's in the garden and he's like shouting or whatever because he doesn't know where he is again or something like again there's stuff like that where I think back and I'm like that was very much glossed over
2: yeah but that's what gives it kind of depth and that's what gives it like a series like this like so much meat and so many like avenues to go down with future series you know like if it was all at surface level where you just saw the queen and you didn't really get like her story or why she's queen. Isn't that she had to become queen to take over? That's, that's why he's not king, but he's not dead. Isn't it? Ah, that would make sense. I don't really know. But it's like little things like that that make it feel like a much more, like a much bigger world. You know? Yeah. Um, um, I have a little bit on the costumes and then that's all I have.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, if you want to do that, and then we can go into whistle-down theories. Maybe? Oh, yeah, well, like it's oh, answered,
2: isn't it anyway, I no we'll get into it we'll get into it we're we'll gonna um, I won't go too much into this, um, uh, but the the costumes are like one of the most eye catching parts of the whole show. It's very like big and colorful, and I don't know what the word what word would you use to describe how it visually looks vibrant as a series mm. Yeah. Um, So this is all down to costume designer Ellen Miroznik, um, an Emmy winner for Behind the Candelabra. She opted to make all the costumes in Bridgerton from scratch. Um, So every costume you see in Bridgerton from the more than 100 dresses worn by Daphne to the most fleeting look uh, of a background actor, they're all handmade. Um, no wonder it bloody took so long, Jesus! <laughs> and every accessory, from gloves to fascinators to purses to shoes, jewelry. Um, she also declared early on that there would be no bonnets, uh, but they are all couture creations. She Thank was, God, Jesus! A bonnet's terrible. Yeah, uh, terrible. A, assisted by a team of more than two hundred artisans and made over seven and a half thousand costume pieces in total. Um and uh, nailing the biggest project of her career so far.
1: You can tell by that though when you look back and look at it, like the dre- like not that the dresses are immaculate in the sense that I would ever wear them, but like I some of them are class. So like a, a lot of Daphne's stuff I loved, and a lot of that bitchy blonde one who got with prints, loved yeah. a lot of her stuff. Um all of the feathering stuff featherington stuff was cash, obviously. Yeah, but like even at that, that was it the was point. Just so yeah, exactly. Um, do you did you notice or did you have anything on the Duke of Hastings and how the color of his cl- clothes changes as the series progresses? No, I thought this is really interesting. So, like at the start, he's kind of wearing like all these kind of dark, like much darker kind of robes and whatever. Or no, so sorry. Um, yeah, he's kind of wearing these like kind of a, a darker motif. And then when he him and Daphne kiss for the first time, he's wearing. This red coat, which thematically aligns with his burning passion for her, I burn for you. I, I burn for you. That should have been. And, uh, we're not we're not starting a podcast with I burn for you unless people are paying more. I money. burn for Lord Bridgerton. I oh well I yeah I I like him and I did like the two case things as well. But anyway, when they go back to um his family estate, he goes he reverses back to wearing like the dark clothing again as he becomes emotionally distant. And kind of realises the extent of his portrayal to her or whatever. And then in the season finale, after the rain, he's wearing these black and purple clothes while they're doing the portrait, like him and Daphne. Oh, yeah. Um, and then at the season-ending ball, um, the color motif comes full circle again and he approaches his wife wife wearing a unbuttoned white shirt, which is symbolic of his vulnerability. I don't know if this article is, is kind of stretching, but... Yeah.
2: I don't know. I do. Uh, I like believe. it though.
1: I like it yeah. I like it. I like a stretch. I like it a lot. Okay, sorry. So again, spoilers for the end of season 1 Bridgerton. It's believed that it's revealed that Lady Whistledown is in fact Penelope Nicola Nickle Auckland. Um there was kind of a few what's the word? Like cloak and dagger stuff that it was the
2: dress uh, lady, lady Delacroix.
1: Lady Delacroix um and then at the end of the series, Eloise is like, oh my God, it's actually Penelope. Do you believe that? I
2: did, don't know. Did, did Eloise figure it out?
1: There seemed to be an implication that she was like, the, the cogs were turning in her head. Or no, maybe it was just that she realised that that Lady Whistledown wasn't Lady Delacroix.
2: Yeah, no, it was that she, she had told the Queen that she thought it was Madame Delacroix. And then when she is talking to her brother, she realises that it, for some reason it couldn't have been Madame Delacroix. And, but she's after ratting out to the Queen and the Queen's like, I'm going to fucking ruin whoever it is. So it's like, it, I think that's where her cogs are turning and it's all a bit too late that she's after ratting out this person that now she doesn't actually think is Lady Whistledown. I think that's where there's kind of like this race and she's running around trying to stop it. But um, yeah, it just kind of, it like just pans up to like Penelope sitting in a car writing a letter.
1: In fairness, it makes sense because when the thing about Marina and Colin is leaked like only sh- only their family would have known that but at the same do you know what I mean do you know I mean? there was like a yeah. few gossip girls or like they couldn't really track it back to Dan for a while spoilers for gossip girl as well sorry but oh, <laughs> so you should have watched it by now that show's old.
2: old um, you know what I mean there's just a bit of me that was just like it couldn't possibly be her already like in the books it is her but it's not revealed this early on I think. Yeah, I did think even, it was strange they were read it so early. The author even said like when she was watching rough cuts of Bridgerton and she saw that she, scene she was like, what the fuck? She was like, I have questions here. Like what's... <laughs> like this I have questions. To be revealed, so I don't know what way they're going to go with it. You could be right. They could do a Gossip Girl and like are pretty little liars and just start changing things. You know?
1: I like, yeah. It, it depends entirely how they do the next few series how it would play out. Like obviously... If, if they they're going to, the yeah, like, I would imagine, like, it would be great if they could say, like, I don't want them thrown in, twist and turns for the sake of it. Like, I want it to make sense. Yeah. But at the same time, kind of same as yourself and same as the author, I was a bit like, they're hardly revealing it now. Like, you know what I mean? I thought I was so fucking smart when I copped with the dress gal. I was like, I, cause I copped kind of <laughs> early. I was like, has to be her, has to be her. I was delighted to myself. So they wanted the you to think yeah sorry on the topic of representation i don't think we said this and like i know there was kind of like it seemed like they were kind of queer baiting with the the middle bridgerton benedict being yeah. gay and whatever queer baiting and then they, which, but you know what i mean and then they, like as in like they were kind of teasing that or heavily implying that he was going to be gay or whatever with the other painter guy there and then we had the painter guy showed him shagging for about two and a half seconds And i saw a funny tweet that was like um, I've been told um, that Bridgerton, the show that you're all obsessed with, um, about gossip, features no gay people. How does that make sense? Gay yeah, gossip. They uh, do. Um, the time and all that jazz. The rolls. that on. Dove songs that tweeted that?
2: Mm, did he tweet it or he tweeted tweet something it? similar? And he was like, "I hear, I hear, there are gay people in it. I will now watch it or something." Something along those Potentially, lines. Yeah. Um, Potentially, yeah. Potentially. But there was definitely like lingering eye contact with those two men. With the Bridgerton like, and the painter. But was it just admiration? Was it just uh, you have you
1: have a lady in the streets a freak in the sheets like Yeah. A painting on the easel. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Benedict doesn't know his head from his arse. I've never cared about a character less as well. Like the minute they weren't going to make a I felt like out, that about like, for Colin. For Christ's sake. Uh, Colin was a bit cute like Colin's just a bit of a fucking idiot though like yeah anyway that was, was... The, yeah Richardson.
2: okay <laughs> I had more points to make but fuck no not. what were you gonna say sorry <laughs> Um, just the way do you know the way him and Eloise kind of have this alliance ship because she like wants to fuck the system and do her own thing and I think he, there's a bit of him inside that's like I'd love to do that as well but because I'm a man like more is expected of me yeah I don't know that's just my two cents Ble- drop yeah. a comment Smash yeah. that subscribe button and smash that <laughs> subscribe button. Um, <laughs> drop a, a comment, that like.
1: hit that like and follow.
2: Tell us um, who the sexiest Bridgerton is.
1: Yep, yeah. very tell us if you're gonna get a tiny fringe, it would be very interesting.
2: Oh, please, somebody got a tiny fringe, please. I don't have the face for it. Uh, mini bandwagons, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, fuck. um, do you want <laughs> You know, I did, but I meant to look up something else. Um, so the first one, we should have talked about a long time ago because it's been out a while, but I just don't think any of us had, or either of us have listened to it until recently and that's... Beat the Chasers. No, that that oh. was going to be on my list. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, it's Mirren O'Connell and Joanne McNally oh, podcast.
1: so good. Let's, Let's solve, solve nothing. nothing. So good. I, because it came out and like I saw her in the six o'clock show and I was like, congrats on podcast. Full disclosure, I haven't listened yet, but I was cleaning at the weekend and stuck it on. And Jesus Christ, they're just so funny. They like are funny. I love them. Like, it's just... If you like our podcast, yeah. you like them. Because it's a very similar vibe. Yeah. Like, there's a whole point at the start where they almost get into a thing about race and Joanne's dog eating things. I don't even
2: want to explain it. Joanne that, very yeah. much dances on the line, like... Oh, line. yeah. It's so good. It's
1: so, so good. That's the that's the first episode. Um, I stuck it on at the weekend as I was organizing stuff. And I just know... If you're very similar to me and you're not actually really great at listening to podcasts and you're kind of a dip in, dip out gal, this is so ideal. They're so funny. And as the title suggests, again, like very similar to us. Like they're not, they don't have the answers for stuff. They pick a
2: topic. Like us, they pick a topic per episode. So there's one on like drinking. There's one on, what did you listen to? Ghosting ghosting i need uh, to listen to the drinking one because
1: and they, knowing myrrh and her love of wine like, yeah
2: that's be- the one i listen to it's very good um but they basically trash it out and see if they can solve basically big world problems i think is the idea and they never do
1: joanne mcnally like not that i think people are sleep on her because they're clearly not like but she's just she deserves more i just feel like if she was male she'd be taken like she would be taken over the fucking world she is she's hysterical she yeah. is she's so quick in the way she delivers everything and is so smart so smart. and I really really good interview with her in was it the Sunday Indo or one of the Indos with the with Aaliyah Hines and it's just it's a really good really honest interview because she's like been through the ringer with stuff and eating disorders whatever she's just class like i've huge girl course on the two of them sorry i'm gonna stop yeah absolutely fangirling now but that's
2: let's all of nothing it's on all yeah podcasts. and I'm it's a uh, it. fellow collaborative studio podcast yes collaborative Welcome. studios support your support your i don't know support local. your local shane mc <laughs> <laughs> um next up is the circle because it. it just got added to Netflix, the American one. And I think there's a UK celeb special coming. Do you know more about this? This is Yeah, I mean. which I'm after the lineup is shite. I'm a is loser. It? I'm
1: raging because like I liked the second or the last series so much because they threw in just fucking Richard from Richard and Judy. Like someone you wouldn't expect to see on reality TV at all. Whereas this one, it's like, it's Bag of, chi- like, bag of Chips. Again, bag I'll give her a
2: pass. Bag sexy. Bag of Chips is class.
1: I'll give, I'll give any drag queen getting their coin and getting like their bag. Do as much reality Your show bag. as you want, I don't care. But like, it's like Duncan James, who does fucking everything. Someone from Geordie Shore, Denise Van Outen, I think. Oh yeah,
2: it's, it's the same a, it's crowd not doing an, the same. It's not range. an
1: interesting lineup. And I know again, they're limited because like nobody can travel. So they, in the same way with I'm slave they can't get like Americans or whatever. I don't know. Now, I will say about the American circle, I had a load of people in my DMs yesterday saying, you need to watch this. Like, you need to watch it.
2: Well, we give it a go and maybe do a Patreon on it next week? Is no. the full series up? Yeah, I might. Oh, I don't know. I, I assumed it was. I don't well, know if knew. it's just a, See, I don't know if they're referring to it. we we'll look into it and
1: see. we we'll look into it. I had, I had read re- reviews of it that weren't great, but that could have been a different series. And they could be totally wrong. Like I'd be more inclined to trust my Instagram following because they tend to have the same brain as me. So we would certainly look into it. The Circle, if you haven't watched those, essentially like it's a reality show where, how would I explain it? They have to like catfish It's each other. basically really. like Big Brother,
2: but not really because they all are like separate from each other and they have to only communicate through social media. So, but they can present themselves as whoever they want to be on social media so they can choose to be themselves or they can choose to be someone else and the game is to basically like build the trust of everyone around you so that they like you you win the money at the end and people don't vote you out yeah is that right? yeah
1: um, if you are able to stream I'm sure it's on 4OD but like that last first, season the first and second series of the UK one are crackers I'm not going to spoil anything like the, I think we've talked about it on the show I would love I said, to do it crackers same it's so easy yeah like it's it's and you so just, easy but like you ju- like it's a way easier in comparison to others though even with
2: you just sit in a nice is, apartment all day
1: yeah the only thing is i would have said previously the isolation but seeing as we've all done it now like it's fucking you may as well be somewhere being in a nice gaff you know yeah do you know who we should get on we should get patty on to talk about it because patty smith yeah patty smith is hilarious yeah we'll get him
2: on at some stage talk about that anyway that's the circle and that's on breed. That is on Netflix. The American Circle is on Netflix now. Um, and then the slave one is starting at some stage. Who cares? The UK yeah, one. probably on Channel so 4. Don't watch it. It's not going to be good. Finally, breach. Finally, I had two. I had Staying the Fuck Home. And then I had a list of all the movies I've watched in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just either like give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> so finally, I had Staying the Fuck Home. Fair though. Stay at home. Stay the fuck home. Also, these are these are all the movies I watched. Uh, I finally got a chance to watch since being um, at home for Christmas. Okay, hit me. I'll just tell you what I thought about them very briefly. Finding okay. Dory, absolutely cracking. Can't believe I didn't Cracking, yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, yesterday with Raheem Patel, I think his name is. No, it's not thumbs Raheem. Up thumbs, um, thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs up. Okay. Not not amazing, but thumbs up. Lily James is in it too. Sorry, I fucked up that guy's name. I cannot remember. He's Trini Stenders. He's also in Tenet. Um I'll Google bad. his name. Hang on. Yesterday we
1: need to make up for that. Because we are bad people. We were a good run. Uh,
2: <laughs> Himesh Patel. Himesh Patel. Raheem was the guy that lost hundred grand on the chase last night. <laughs> I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he had one second to spare. Um, I'm so glad it's back but I'm raging because I did not see a
1: single fucking ad about it and Jack had text me and it was already halfway did done. Did you know Rahul I was, was on the bake-off last night as well? Yeah, but I didn't watch it. I that hate those specials. He I was so cute. Though, he was good. Um, He's very cute. I I do. I like Rahul a lot but like the specials I'm just not rearsely.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Um. Tenet finally watched it. Didn't make sense. Tums down. They, if Tums down, if they were like, if they needed oxygen all the time to breathe going backwards, should they not have really been getting sick the whole time? Well, I'm not sure. Who cares? Just bring it up first. For <laughs> Didn't normal. make sense. Um, movie. the house at the end of the street with Jennifer Lawrence. I tricked my sisters into watching it with me because I told them it was a thriller. It's very much a horror movie, <laughs> and uh, it's grand. Not the worst. Brilliant twist. But other okay. than that, it's, bit, it's uh it's fine. Um, okay. the Midnight Sky. Been pushed is the road thing. I'm taking George Clooney and Felicity, not even a laugh. Felicity Hoffman, no, Felicity, Houston. Felicity from you know England. You read your Jew, your just She's in I mean. the theory of everything, anyway. She's ah, great, I do. Felicity Jones, Felicity Jones and George Clooney. It's absolute dog shit. Don't bother. Um, <laughs> Bombshell. Oh, yeah, any good class. Actually, the best yeah. movie I watched in the last two weeks. It's on Prime. Um, it's Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman. I think. Crazy Very, 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 very
1: good. Her and Charlize crazy, is so crazy in it.
2: They look crazy. gorgeous, but it's like based on obviously the true like Fox sex scandal, uh, sexual harassment scandal. Um, and it's excellent. Well worth the watch. And finally was uh, Excuse Me, I Love You, the Ariana Grande movie. Don't waste your time. Yeah, I've seen that. I just say I think it'd be a major stand here. It's like it's like just watching her concert, and there's very little of her, like her. Do you know? It's yeah. all Ariana the singer, and even at that, the concerts don't doesn't make me want to go to one of her concerts. Um, I watched
1: uh, JoJo Rabbit. Oh, Thumbs
2: I watched that too. Funny.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was really good. I um, I watched Uncle James. As I said I watched Soul, and I rewatched all of the Harry Potters. Soul um, is
2: very good I would recommend that to people
1: Soul is very good but like don't watch it if you're depressed or having some kind of crisis yeah or some kind of if you're if you're having one of those like existential crisis do not watch it like Tina Fey and Jamie Foxx are fucking excellent so good um I think that was all I watched I'm going to be honest I didn't actually watch a huge amount of TV Jojo
2: Rabbit was gas and we, we watched her who's obviously obsessed with rabbits and they came out you know when they brought out the little rabbit and they were like kill this rabbit she was like and she had just watched the scary movie before it. and she was like she's very drums now I have to say very drums. Uh, we let her down big time but yeah very, very good very troms Scarajo is very good in it and that little boy she is class give him all the yeah awards. he's very good he's very good um,
1: that's all I have to you. say thank you oh I'm wrecked Thank you, thank you so much, Breed, for that bumper um, episode. Go of a lie down, all that <laughs> exertion. Um, thank you to Claver Studios and a very happy birthday to our lovely producer Shane Dempsey. It will not be your birthday by the time this comes out, but it is as we record. So sorry that you have to spend it with us and not and even physically with us. And we brought we dragged the out
2: this one as well. It's definitely we dragged the arse out of it. <laughs> I'm really
1: sorry. And if Shane, if you haven't watched Bridget in yet, we've just spoiled the whole thing. So. <laughs> Unlucky kid. He's um, laughing, just so you know. He's laughing. That's fine. Um, yeah, so obviously this podcast was uh brought to you by Collaborative Studios. And thank you very much for listening. We've already mentioned Patreon. If you'd like to subscribe, that would we're, be really
2: nice. Do that. We're gonna do a little bit maybe on Hilaria Baldwin this week yeah. on Patreon. So if that interests yeah. you, get your arcs over there. Come over. We'll have a laugh.
1: Um what else? Follow us on Spotify, you'll get all the latest episodes straight to your profile um, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts uh, leave us a review only if it's nice we are Ban Podcast on social media there are a very 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 limited number of the Dublin the IEN, uh, beanies left and also our tickets for our shows are on sale and there are very little tickets left for Liberty Hall and Cork is still on sale and there are lots of tickets left so you better all buy them because we're not I'm not just paying for so them like, I will days. be
2: there
1: I will be there come on
2: guys <laughs> Alright, let's wrap this up.
1: Yeah.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.